welcome back to another episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. My name's Sina and I love following the journeys of other young entrepreneurs. And in this episode, it's a real special one. In case you guys don't know, I've been writing blogs on Medium, just sharing value, sharing like tips about podcasting and all of that stuff, really, entrepreneurship. And I've been earning like some pretty good money from it, which is really surprising for me because I get to write and earn money from it. And it, yeah, it's pretty amazing. I love that. And so this episode is a real special one for me, but also anyone who wants to you know, write a blog. So I spoke to Amadeep, a blogger who makes thousands of pounds every month from blogging on Medium and is an editor of one of Medium's largest publications, The Entrepreneur's Handbook. And so this is an amazing episode for anyone who wants to learn how to earn an income from blogging, you know, whether you're starting out fresh or whether you've been on Medium for a couple months or whatever, like me, um, this has got so much value in the episode. Amadeep is an absolute expert on Medium, obviously the, the proof's in the pudding with this one. So yeah, it's, it's a real masterclass in that, in that respect. And so we cover how Amadeep started blogging on Medium only a year and a bit ago to now generating about £3,000 income minimum every month from it really really amazing like incredible also tips for for all you aspiring bloggers on how to start how to grow and also best practices to undertake to ensure success on the platform Amadeep managed to do it in such a short space of time and so that should you know provide such such a level of motivation I mean it, it definitely gave me a lot of motivation myself to carry on so yeah really exciting episode for me and I really hope it's exciting for you and um, so yeah that brings me to this week's shout out so in case you don't know every week I'm giving a shout out to someone who's left a written review on Apple Podcasts as a way of saying thank you to yeah saying thank you to someone who's left a bit of support for the podcast I really do appreciate it Um, after the last episode actually the reviews came flying in I really do appreciate it so I will give you shout outs in the next episode Um, I know we've got a bit of backlog but I will get to you I promise but anyways in this episode the shout out goes to Pod podcast Revman who says I love this podcast thank you Cena for creating a wonderful show each episode of the millennial entrepreneur show is succinct powerful and insightful value bombs are being dropped in every episode this is one show that has given me the confidence to kickstart my own company in the food industry I know I've actually had quite a few food uh, food uh, entrepreneurs recently so I'm glad I'm glad you found value with them uh, do yourself a favor and subscribe to the podcast today. You'll thank me later. Thank you so much for that for that lovely, lovely um, comment, that review. It really means so much. Like, gives me a lot of motivation to want to carry on, give value to you guys, create episodes like this. Um, there is quite a lot of work that goes behind the scenes, but you know, with comments like that, it really is worth it. So, thank you so much for leaving that comment. If any of you guys want to feature in next week's episode in the form of a shout out, please be sure to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts, and I'll give you a shout out. Maybe not in the next episode, but I will get to you, I promise. Also, um, special announcement before we get on with the episode. This episode, the full one, will be on YouTube, along with the last three or four off the top of my head. <laughs> um, the video you know, video podcast, the full one, but my face will be there, the guest episode, uh, face will be there. Um, so I know a lot of you like watching videos, podcasts. So yeah, it's on YouTube. The link will be in the description. And you guys can subscribe there, obviously and listen to the full episode there if you prefer. So it's good to good to be available on there. So I, I know a lot of you have been wanting to, wanting to be on there. So, so yeah, that's for you guys. Anyways, let's get on with the episode. Hey, Amadeep, how you doing? Hi, good, thanks. How's it going, Sina? Yeah, good. Uh, full disclosure to the audience, we recorded a little bit before, <laughs> but the mic just, just, I don't know, just froze on us. So this is take two, but uh, we only recorded for like a minute, so it's all good. But what I was saying was... I mean, this is like fresh for the audience, but um, I'm really excited to have you on because 
like obviously we're going to talk about medium and writing and blogging and all of that stuff um full disclosure i you know i i've started blogging for those who don't know uh made like like a fair few like quite a bit of money as well from it within the past three months i've only started three months ago and why what's really surprised me is the whole passive nature of it which is really cool because that's, that's what i was really searching for so an article i wrote like say two months ago is still making me money now which is like pretty amazing um so that's why i love it as well as like sharing opinions and lessons to people like the comments i get are really nice so that's why it's so cool for me to have you on because i can actually directly relate to you whereas like i have people on the podcast before where they talk about drinks products and i can obviously relate around the business side yeah. but obviously I've never launched a drinks product myself. Yeah. So yeah, massively, massively thankful for you to come on. And um, I, I can't wait to speak to you, basically. Yeah, thanks, Tatsuna. Likewise. Why don't you kind of take two with uh, just telling, I guess, uh, what is it that you do on Medium? Uh, how did you get started on Medium? How long have you been going for? All of that stuff. I started reading on Medium initially in mid-2019. And it was just kind of from random internet browsing. And then I ended up getting a membership. And I was reading on there for about six months with no intention of ever really writing. And then I kind of saw a few stories about how to get started as a writer. And it was around the end of the year. So I was like, oh, this could be a cool New Year's resolution and I can do something productive. But I never actually thought it would go anywhere. So I made my account, I started writing and I went viral almost straight away, which is quite like, it's not something which is very common. And because I did that, then I was like, okay, I'm going to take this seriously now. And after that, so that was January 2020. And now we're in April 2021. And I've gained like over 30,000 followers. I've become um, the editor of a big publication, um, the Entrepreneur's Handbook, which publishes people like CNA and like entrepreneurs from all over the world. But one of the big things about the Entrepreneur's Handbook is it's not just for people who've made it. It's about all the people are aspiring and how to go about it because it's so overwhelming sometimes with all this information and you want to become an entrepreneur but you don't know how to so it's kind of trying to help people like your audience and how they're gonna go along that path my own writing is kind of is a mix of between mindfulness and self-improvement and entrepreneurship so how can you have these goals and these lofty ambitions but at the same time, just not burn out and put yourself to the ground because I've been there before and I'm sure a lot of other people have as well where they're trying so hard to get something and then they realise, does it even really matter? And it's kind of the millennial crisis in a way. Yeah, I mean, that's something that we've talked about a lot on the podcast, actually, really interestingly. Mm. Um, so I think like, we could talk about that for ages. But I know I know blogging is something that is so it's such an interesting concept to a lot of young people, because a lot of like, obviously, like people are looking for passive ways to make money, but also like make make content basically in different yeah. ways. And this is this is something that obviously blogging has been around for ages. But yeah. I don't really think there's been like one platform that's kind of one in the space. And now, now there's Medium, which is a really cool platform. Obviously, others exist. That's why I would, I'd love to have you on because like loads of young people obviously see blogging as a very cool thing, but a lot of them don't really know how to get started, I suppose, because yeah. I don't know, it seems a bit daunting in a lot of ways. So I guess your own story started from just reading different blogs and kind of seeing what you liked and then... But how do you kind of like find the confidence and also find your own voice? I think that's such a yeah. an important thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It really is because 
there is so much content online already, but there's still only one you. Like nobody in the world is exactly like you. They haven't got the same experiences, your background. So if you're leaning into that and if you can make yourself sound like you and have bring in these stories that you've got that other people don't have that are relatable, that people can, it's not quite the same in their life, but it's something which they can be like, oh, okay, yeah, I can see I'm like this person. That's what makes a difference because if you're just going to be pure information, you're competing against everybody else. If you're writing in a voice or in a way that people can connect with you, it doesn't matter about the competition as much. And it's the same thing on YouTube, any other platform like this. It's you've got to be different in some way. And the only way to do that is to really show your personality and really make it sound like you. Um, and a good tip for doing this is I always get somebody who actually knows me in real life to read my stories because they can kind of be that sense check of this sounds like you or like I couldn't tell that you wrote this. And I think it comes back to a point you mentioned about people are kind of scared to do that. And because they're scared to do that, it comes out generic and just like a bit devoid of their personality. So it's protecting yourself, but it's also stopping yourself from succeeding. The possibilities are kind of like limitless because yeah. like, obviously like I've, I've written about and I write about entrepreneurship and I've written mm. a little bit about mindset and happiness, mm. but, and like yourself, you write about similar, similar topics, but you can really write about so many different topics. Like when yeah. I, when I went on medium for the first time, it's, it's kind of like, I didn't realize that the community was so strong. Yeah. It really um, is. You can write about so many different, yeah, it's crazy strong. Yeah. I, I'd even say it's probably stronger than the, than the podcasting community, mm. I'd say. So you can write about things like relationships. You can talk about stuff yeah. like, I don't know, uh, nightlife. I don't really know. You can literally yeah. talk cooking. You, you can literally talk about anything. So whatever your kind of interest is, and this goes for a lot of different mm -hmm. content creation, you can really find your niche. You don't yeah. need to worry about like being too broad. You will find an audience. Medium is literally worldwide. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about like finding an audience because you don't have to worry about like, I guess, broadening your horizons to find an audience because... Mm -hmm. Even yeah. though you go niche, you'll still have people that want to want to read it. And I think there's an availability bias that happens where if you read a lot about a certain subject, then you think that's all there is on Medium. Whereas you're seeing a tiny kind of small part of it. And it's just because you're not searching for other content and then the algorithm is not feeding you that content. And it's like, oh, there's no articles about this. Whereas I've got like a friend who had an article that was about cats and that went viral. And... Nobody ever think, oh, I'm going to write about cats and that's going to be something that will go big on a on medium. So it is a case of you can really, if your stories are unique and your stories show off you, there'll be an audience for that. Obviously, the more and more niche you go, you're closing yourself off in some ways. But if you're too broad and too generic, then everybody's read it before. Let's go back to your first article. This is what I'm really interested, or like your mm. first few months on medium. Yeah. How did you kind of like when you when you talk about your I, I really want, I'm really interested in the story mm. behind this like when you talk about your your articles going or your first one going viral mm. what was that experience like what what do you mean by viral like yeah. how many how many views or whatever does that mean yeah. and like how how did that experience how like what did you feel I guess like how did that whole experience plan out so, yeah it's like you know when I can't think of an example so it was 
I expected to post on there and I knew this because stats on Medium, like 95% of people don't make $100 a month. So I was fully expected for it to be readed, read by 100 people, if that. So that was my kind of expectations. And it's been read by now over 100,000 people, which for my first article, it completely blew my expectations out of the water. So it's like, let's say you're going to uh, play like football and you're expecting to just play against five side guys. And then Ronaldo turns up. It's kind of like that. It just came out of nowhere. I didn't expect it at all. Um, so what that kind of initially leads to is my distorted sense of how easy medium was. And then I thought, oh my God, like if I can go viral first story, I'm going to do this every time. It didn't work out like that. I've got better and now I'm able to, like more of my stories are doing well because I've got improved over time. But there's always that element of luck at the beginning, I think. And my first article that went viral was about Japanese mindsets. And that came from like my trips to Japan and like my karate background. So there's very few people who could have written the article. And I think that's what really stood out is that a lot of people want to learn about this stuff, but there's few people who both have my background and are also wanting to write. Um, and that's what I think worked for it. But what yeah. what actually happened is that it meant that I kept checking my stats every half an hour, like, oh, I've got another 10 views, oh, another 10 views, oh, another 100 views, which isn't healthy. <laughs> and I've gone away from that no. since. But you do get this massive sense of dopamine when that first viral article hits. It's quite negative. And it's not just for you as a medium writer, yeah. it's for literally any content creator. Yeah. Like I used to do that back in the day literally scrolling up refresh 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 yeah so it's really negative now i literally don't really ch hardly yeah. check the stats um it's quite good but so that was was that literally your first article so it went it went that or was it like one of your first my, my first your one, one deleted wow. afterwards because i wrote it and it wasn't very good but i wanted to i kind of set myself a deadline of i wanted to get something out at the beginning of the year and then it wasn't very good, but I was like, I'm just going to publish. And then I've done one article and it's done. Because like you said, there's so much fear about that very first article. And what's the worst that could happen? Either you get no views and then nobody's seen it. So it doesn't matter if it was good or bad. Or it goes viral and then you've got a load of followers and then you've got a lot of money and it's worth it. So there's no bad scenario there, right? Like nothing can really go wrong. Unless you're writing about something really controversial, you, you're writing about, like you're trying to espouse views that are racist or sexist or something like that, then something could go wrong. But if you're just talking about normal everyday life stuff, it's okay, like nothing's going to happen to you. You said something really interesting a bit earlier. You talked about how 95% of people mm -hmm. don't make less than $100 a month on Medium. Is that, yeah. is that what you said? Yeah. Um, and I guess people listening to that will be like, hang on, like a hundred dollars a month, you know, a month, hundred dollars a month extra mm. every month doesn't sound that bad, especially yeah. when it's like, I'm not doing any extra work for it, but it's quite interesting mm. that you said that. But I guess like, how do you kind of break that mold? How do you kind of mm. go, go beyond that? Are there, are there any like secrets or trades like mm. the, the, I guess aren't really advertised? Yeah. So I think one of the initial things about the 95% of people who don't make $100 is 
there's some of those people who are really good writers. They just haven't quite worked out how to connect with the audience. And then there's some people who are writing, but they're writing it more as a journal. They're not thinking about the audience. And that's a really crucial thing is that if you want to write for your own thoughts and for your own sanity, don't publish it. Like you don't need to publish it. If you're trying to make money from it, then you've got to think about what value is adding to somebody else. Why should somebody else read this? And I think that's the missing bit that a lot of people just don't quite understand is that if you've got lessons you want to teach, you've also got to think about how these lessons can be taken by the person reading. Because if you can't explain them in a way that they can understand, it doesn't matter how good you think they are. So that's a really crucial thing, which I think so many people forget is views are about other people valuing it, not what your value is on it. And some people can get quite hurt by that because they think it's so important to them, but they're not trying to get inside their readers' heads. In terms of how you get from 100 to higher than that, one thing is building a name. So most people don't get lucky like I did, where I had that massively viral article early on. For most people, it's you're consistently doing quality and that gets you noticed. And by getting noticed in that way, you start opening up doors. Um, so on Medium, there's these things called publications. And the publications give you a gateway to a larger audience. So like, seen as pretty new on Medium, but if you publish on someone's handbook, we've got 200,000 followers. And some of those will then see his work and expand what he can reach. Um, so there's that side of things. And the other really important thing on Medium is something called curation. And this is where people who work for Medium will read every article and decide whether or not to push it out to people who follow those topics. And you've got to be getting created every article. There's no, like, pretty much no excuse for not doing that. It's a minimum standard. Lots of articles get curated and don't resonate with an audience. So you've got these kind of twin peaks here, right? Curation is about the quality in terms of formatting, in terms of the headline not being clickbait. But then the other side, you can have this and make no money. Or, but you also need to have the set other thing, which is the audience. Will the audience read the headline and understand what value they're going to get from it? And it doesn't need to be that it's going to change their life. You don't need to transform somebody's life every article. I don't know about you, but I don't think I've read a single article that's transformed my life, no matter how many articles claim it. It's no, no. It's kind of entertain the reader. Can I, if it's yeah. an article about love, can I make them feel a little bit happier? Can I make them smile? If it's a humorous article, can I make them laugh? If it's an article about entrepreneurship, can I give them one lesson that helps them in their journey and makes them more curious? It doesn't need to. Ch I think this is one of the things that stops people from carrying on or from publishing is that they think it needs to break the world or like be this new idea that's crazy. And it doesn't. It's a little bit more or something right, which just value. gives somebody their two minutes, three minutes, four minutes value of time. They enjoyed reading it. They enjoyed listening to your voice in their heads. And that's all you're doing. I think the key thing, so there's a few key things I want to pick out from your answer there. It was, it was so beautifully articulated, by the way. It was about, so firstly, the, the whole perception shift of, I guess, journaling to more value-based yeah. writing. Um, which is, you know, crazy important. It's not something that I guess is on the forefront of people's minds because mm -hmm. 
but like without you even knowing it, you're kind of writing for yourself rather than writing yeah. for other people. Um, so it's quite interesting you said that. And then, then secondly, I think it was a publication stuff. So yeah, just for a bit of context for the audience, um, I've obviously I've written on on Medium quite a few times. I think I've got like maybe fifteen like blogs now. Mm. Not like tons, obviously, but like yeah, fifteen or twenty. And the ones that I've not published in publications, um, maybe got like I don't know fifty views, something like that. Mm. My my most viewed one is in the Entrepreneur's Handbook. Mm. Is you know one of the big publications um, yeah. that you that you control. <laughs> You're an editor of uh, that one. That one got like it's almost seven hundred views now. So mm. it's pretty substantial the difference. Um, yeah. And obviously, once you once you start getting in those sort of publications, then you as a person get noticed as well. Yeah. And so people start following you from that. So obviously, those those mm. articles before that you published that only got ten views, or whatever if you post if you post more you know posts similar to that 10 view one that will now get 30 views or 40 views or even more yeah so obviously the growth is slow i didn't go viral yeah. like you did yeah. unfortunately um but but again like those those are the lessons that i learned mm -hmm. and what's really cool for me is that oh the third thing was um around like curation and stuff like that and mm -hmm. again i've 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 experienced a similar thing where i've been curated mm -hmm. by by medium quite unexpectedly i was like i don't really know what's going yeah. on here i just got an email and but i didn't see any views increase or decrease yeah. but then i've had ones where i got curated and the view's been like pretty high so it's kind of mm. like i don't know you have to get lucky to get curated but then you also have to be lucky for yeah for, the, for it to lead to more views so yeah i'd say but yeah getting, getting curated is just like having a lottery ticket like you if you don't have a lottery tickets you're pretty much not going to win it's very difficult to make a lot of money on an article that hasn't been curated, but getting curated, all it means is you're in the game. You could potentially go viral and that's all it is. So those, those articles that I obviously got published in Entrepreneur's Handbook and people, mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of people viewed them. They're obviously the ones that have made me the most money mm -hmm. from, and they, they, they still continue to make me money. Like the one mm -hmm. that I published in February is still making me money now, which is, yeah. I've never actually experienced passive income like this before, yeah. which is really cool. Um, obviously there's other passive income streams mm. um but this is one that i really enjoy because it's like more it's it's creative is that is that an element of medium that you really enjoy also and is that something that i think a lot of people must mm. be drawn to right yeah yeah definitely like it's it's one of those things where i started with such pure intentions in a way and then once i went viral and once the money started to come again it does shift your perception whereas now it's gone from oh this is a fun little side hobby to this could actually be a good earner. This could be a passive income source. And it's like you said, like some of the big articles I've had where they've been earning like hundreds from like every month for like six months. It's like, wow, I've made it. And it doesn't quite work like that. Like you, you've got to keep um, creating new content to maintain the same kind of level of income. And that's kind of one thing I'm working on at the moment is how to have like no bad months in a way. So it's, I don't want to have it so boom and bust and I'm getting better at that now. So I've got a pretty good range. It's like, I know I'm going to get at least a few thousand every month. And to me, that makes a big difference. And the big thing about that is, like I said, is collecting these stories, which each of them are doing a, a little bit a month. Um, but some of my older articles now have zero. It's really frustrating, but that's the way the world goes, right? But with curation at any point, they might start pushing, the algorithm might start pushing that story again. 
And I know there's stories of people who had like an article which made $50 in the first year. And then all of a sudden it went viral and made $5,000. So that's one of the exciting things is that these articles you have now, you never know if they could go viral in the future. So you could have given up a medium. You might have never look at it again. You just look at your bank account. Wait, what? Where did this like $5,000 come from? And it's that story you wrote a year ago or two years ago. Yeah, that is crazy exciting. And I think what, what's quite exciting for me is that you kind of, like once you build up that library of you've got like you got you got a backlog of a lot of different articles and what you just talked about is that you have kind of like that that baseline of one to two thousand like dollars or pounds mm. i don't know what you denominated it in but that's like that's pretty much secured every month for you now right mm. like that's that's the level that i guess a lot of people want to get to is that something that you've worked towards that you've kind of actively pursued or is that something that's kind of arisen just from publishing a lot of a lot of content I think it's one of those difficult things where there's not necessarily something I could have done to make that happen. All I've got to, all you can really control is the quality and what you're doing. And by focusing on that, that makes the numbers go up. So having less of those articles, which are duds. And it's also, it's weird how your perception changes over time. So for me now, anything that gets less than a thousand articles, um, a thousand views in the first week is a dud. And if I started and you told me that, I'd tell myself to shut up because I just appreciate the views. But it really changes as you go along. And it's, I kind of always try and make sure that I keep this gratefulness that somehow all of these thousands of people care what I have to say. And it might be millions, it might could be hundreds of thousands some months, and it could be closer to 100,000 in other months. But isn't that pretty crazy? And it's got to always keep that in mind is that even if you've when you started you say you've got 50 views in an article isn't that pretty crazy that 50 people read your article and cared and it, you might have made their day in some way so it's really keeping that kind of sense of amazement i think and it stops you from really getting kind of bogged down in is it uh like this thousand or that thousand um so i think generally like it's for me it's at least three or so thousand dollars per month but usually it's better than that. But what I'm trying to maintain is like, how do I stop it from going beneath that? Because that makes you just feel a bit more stable that you know it's doing pretty well. Um, but for some people, they're low boundaries. If say some of the top guys, like if it goes under 20,000, it's the end of the world. It's like, it's definitely not the end of the world to be earning less than $20,000 a month. But is trying to keep your head screwed on throughout all of this side as well. These numbers are pretty crazy to me. Obviously, I've just started, but mm. I mean, I think they'll even be they'll even be like more crazy for the people listening mm. that you can make this level of money just from writing, from yeah. doing literally writing about your passions, which is yeah, it seems like pretty much the dream, right? Yeah, and not only that, you can build up like obviously with that backlog, and you, it can kind of be more secure than I guess some months you make a couple thousand and then the next month you make like zero mm. it's actually more secure than that from what you've experienced mm. like for me it's not that secure yet like i have mm. obviously obviously it's grown every month now but i've yeah. obviously like some months has been really low some months has been a lot higher yeah so oh, yeah. i guess would you say everywhere. like when you have a um do you really yeah it fluctuates a lot but it's that kind of my bad months are now what my good months used to be and that's why i'm trying to like it's kind of shifting the whole thing
thing across rather than having like a month which is 10,000 then a month is 500. I want to have it in a smaller range. So even if I don't have the massive peaks that you might have, it's nice to just know that you've got at least a few thousand coming in. It gives you that stability, but it's it's tough because the outcome can change and then I could lose that stability. But that's what I'm trying to build up is having enough good articles where luck will eventually favour me that one of those will do well. I've spoken to Amadeep about so many different aspects of Medium, uh, especially around, you know, growing your Medium following as well as, you know, actually monetizing it and the amount of money that Amadeep makes from Medium. And it's, you know, the best thing about it is that most of it is is passive. You know, a lot of the, the articles that he posted a while ago still make money from now and it's amazing. And so I want to kind of move on to not just talking about the growth element, but the actual content itself and the actual writing experience. So say you've got value that you really want to deliver to you know audience or you're growing your audience and you really want you really want to deliver value to people how do you kind of go about that and that's what i kind of wanted to talk about uh, to, to amadi and kind of get some get some feedback from him because he's he's you know written so many different articles so he knows exactly what works and what doesn't work and so yeah we chat about that now like how to best how to best play to medium's algorithm how to grow from there basically how to write like an absolute medium expert I think one of the big things is uh, people click on the headline and the image. So it doesn't matter how good your content is if your headline doesn't attract them. And on a place like Medium, there's so much clickbait that people are turned off by that. So it's how can you show the value in the headline without being too overbearing? And if you've got a headline, you need to make sure that you answer that headline. Because if you want to gain followers, if I read somebody's article, and I've done this to people in the past, I've read their article, and I said that they didn't answer their headline. And that means that next time I see them, I'm not going to click on them again. Because I know last time I had a bait and switch. Um, so that's something that's really important. And the next most important part is the introduction. It, like again, it doesn't matter how much value you're giving your readers. If they're bored in the introduction, that's it, game over. They, they press the back button, they remember your name as the person who bored them, and they might not click on you again. So you've got to be really careful about that. And with the introductions, and you do get more leeway when you get more of an audience, right? So with me, because, and when you're in a large publication, because you're using the publication reputation I'm using my reputation where people know in the past that they've enjoyed my stuff so even if the introduction might not be as good as they might expect I've got that leeway but that takes time to build up and you can't rely on that at the beginning so you've really got to focus on the introduction and how can you get across of why this is worth their time why should they not just press back and click on the other hundreds of articles and there's different ways to do this one of the worst ways is to use a statistic that everybody already knows. So an entrepreneur's handbook, a classic one is 90% of startups fail in the first five years. And do you know how many times I've read that? So that's not going to make me continue reading. I'm already bored because I've seen that stat so many times and everybody uses it. How can you do that differently? How can you have an anecdote or a story or a stat that we haven't seen? How can you do that in a way which is like, oh, this is interesting to keep them reading. 
because that introduction is how do I make them read the rest of the, the story? That's all it is. Because if some like, and I think a great way to think about this as well is look at your own reading. When you're reading things and you're looking at articles, what do you do? Do you tend to read articles properly or do you tend to kind of scan them and see if there's anything interesting? So don't expect that your readers will act in a way that's so alien to you. Now, treat them like people, treat them like you would, you'd be, right? So would you carry on reading your article? I think I think like it's it's really cool having you on the podcast because not only people can see this as like a really viable way to I guess make a living or make like a uh, supplementary income from doing literally what they love like writing but obviously like yeah the tips that you provided are really cool but as for actual like I guess what if people kind of don't really know what to write about I guess that must be a really common question is that yeah. Obviously, I know I'm passionate about certain things, but I don't know what to write about. And will people actually listen to me? I get, will people actually listen to me? That's what I didn't think anybody would listen to me. And they did. So I'm proof that it can work. Uh, so if you're worried about people not taking you seriously, it seemed to work for me. And it's really leaning into like, where are your experiences in life that other people could benefit from? Um and if you do that, then people will listen because you don't like most people aren't billionaires, right? They're not like that. So you can relate to them in a much more human level than somebody who's crazy successful and like has been living on a yacht their entire life. They can't write in a way that can appeal to the average person. So the more human you are and you've been able to overcome your thoughts and the different things that held you back that's a struggle that everybody's going through people don't want a perfect person to read because they're not perfect themselves they can't relate to that um there's another part of your question which i forgot <laughs> i've actually forgotten it as well to be fair <laughs> <laughs> well it's okay <clears throat> i had another question um around i guess like just to wrap up the podcast and yeah Amadeep, it's been so good having you on the podcast and this is a question that I've pondered a lot in my experience of both podcasting on Instagram and also on Medium. Mm. The age-old question of consistency mm. versus quality, like, sorry, I've just messed that up. <laughs> quality over quantity. Yeah. What, which factors, like which one of the two do you value the most? And I know your, your answer will probably be both, but like, yeah, I'm interested yeah. to see your thought process with that one. So I'm actually the anomaly on Medium. So this month I've published four articles and I generally do like one or two articles a week and some weeks I won't publish at all. So I'm really proof of this idea that you can make it big or medium without publishing every single day, which is what a lot of other people say. So I publish around a hundred articles in a year and a half, whereas other people have published that in a month. But it doesn't matter in, in a way that you can do both ways and be successful. But if you're playing the quality quantity game, where does that take you? Because if you keep going down that line, who are you attracting in the, in the bigger scheme of things, right? Like if you're going for the quality, which is what I go for, then that can lead to conversation like this. It can lead to other things where people will respect that more and they'll trust me. 
Whereas if you just write like a million articles and hope one of them does well, then that's not the kind of person that people resonate with. People, they don't want to get you or have a chat with you because they don't know if you're going to be that one good article, there's 50 ones that had like a hundred typos in them. So really think about who would you want to connect with? Would you want to connect with a person who's writing quality or the person who's just churning stuff out? And obviously the best possible thing is to have both, but that's not possible for most people. Like I've been doing on the side for all this time. And it's like, I couldn't do that. I couldn't write a good quality article every single day. Like my most recent article I published yesterday, that was hard. Like I've been, I've got over a few million views now. I've got 30,000 followers. It was hard. It took me ages. I had the ideas and I couldn't quite work out how I'm going to structure it. And that's happening to me now. But my final product is much stronger because of it, because I haven't been like, ah, oh, screw it. I'm going to publish it anyway. And at the beginning, you do need a little bit of like being perfectionist and not putting too much pressure on yourself because you're not good out. But keep questioning yourself, keep looking at it. Like, is this something I'm proud to have my name on? And if it's not, then why are you putting it out into the public? If you're embarrassed for somebody to read your article because you you think that you haven't put your best work into it, then you shouldn't be publishing it. And it's absolutely fine if you're learning, right? Like if it's the best you can do, that's all you can ask for. But I think that's a really big thing. Just do the best you can. Yeah, I was going to say that's a wonderful message to end on. And there you have it, guys. It's all about it's all about quality <laughs> with with Medium. Uh, Amadeep is, is is proof of that. Um, Amadeep, it's been so good having you on the podcast. As I've said like probably three or four times now. Uh, but yeah, genuinely it has. Like, genuinely, genuinely it has. Um, I'm sure people will want to check out your writing after this to be like. What's this going about? Yeah. Is he any good? Yeah. <laughs> so how could people stay in touch with you and stay in touch with your writing and also all the new stuff that you're doing yeah. um, after, they, after they finish the podcast? Yeah. So the main place to find all my writing is like my name. So amadeep.medium.com. But I've also got our website, which is my full name, which is amadeepspalmer.com. And one of the annoying things is people don't realize there's a million amadeeps in this world. And there's a million or so Palmers as well. So it's quite difficult to get a good domain name. Um, so on there, it's got links to all of my articles, which are free. And you can also find my Medium course as well. So that if it, this kind of resonated with you, you've had a bit of a checkout of Medium and you think, like, how can I follow the path I've done? You can check out that there as well. And I can give a sinner a special like discount code for his audience as well. Um, those are the main places at the moment, but I've also got my Instagram, which again is my full name, so amadeep.s.palmer. Um, and it's the same on Twitter as well. So you can find me wherever. And from if you find me on one of those places, you'll get the links to the other places anyway. So nice one. I want to say as well, thanks, Sina, for having me. It's been a great having a talk with you. And No, yeah, my pleasure. Things. And also while you're on Medium, everyone. Uh, follow me as well. I'm also on there. I'm recent. I know you guys have probably know that already, but uh, I also wrote, write about entrepreneurship, podcasting, and a lot of people that listen to this are also interested in publishing their own podcasts. So I, I publish, I, I post about that as well. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast again, Amadeep, and I'm sure we'll catch up soon. Thank you so much. Take care. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. It means so much that you stay to the very end of the episode. Uh, believe me, it does. If you did find this episode useful, valuable, you know, inspirational, and I, I definitely did because I, you know, as I've mentioned in the beginning of the episode, I'm massively into blogging now. I love it. Like, I don't know what's, what's better, you know, sharing value online and writing about your passions and also earning like good money from it. it, it, it you know, it's an amazing combination. So, if you enjoyed the episode as much as I did, please be sure to leave a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. It really means a lot. And I know a lot of you message me like, oh, I can't review on Apple Podcasts because I'm, I'm on Android or whatever. I'm Samsung. Well, there's a different way to show support now. Uh, we're on YouTube. The full episodes are on YouTube. So it would mean so much if you could go to YouTube and subscribe to the channel. Uh, the link is in the bio, the description below, and also on Instagram in, in the link in bio. If you subscribe there, you'll also like be able to access all the video podcasts, the full episodes. I know a lot of you love that. And so, yeah, you can you can watch it. Um, if you're not on the go, you can watch it at your, you know, on your laptop or on your TV or whatever. And yeah, so please do subscribe there if you're on Apple or Android. Uh, it's open to both, obviously. Or if you don't have a phone. I know some people don't have phones. So yeah, open to you guys as well. <laughs> Shout out. Um, Thanks so much for listening again and I'll see you in the next episode.